Every knowledgeable person knows that when you have gold, you've protected your wealth. But what if the government one day wanted to confiscate your gold so they can gain total control, knowing that one day the smoke will clear and gold will be perfectly available, and that's happened all throughout history. So what you need to do is, in the interim, hide your gold. You can do that by burying it. You can go down about 12 inches, and that's all you're going to need to do. And we have a product that we call BarryYourGold.com, and what it does is it goes into a container. You lower it in the ground with a hole you've dug up to 12 inches. It's a 50-year warranty on the device. It only weighs 17 pounds to pull it out of the ground, and you can keep it for safekeeping. And I'll tell you, this is the way to hide your gold, not in false walls, but underground will be very, very difficult to detect. To find out more, go to BarryYourGold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee. Well, we'll have some people uh, hopefully join as we go. We're starting with a really light crew, and uh, I guess that's what it is. And I know the time is a little early but uh, I got to get this out because I've got a lot ahead of me tonight. I'm doing more research, and I've come up with some stunning research I'm going to walk you through. But I also want to call your attention to something I'm going to put out later tonight. You do not have to agree with what I'm going to post later. Uh, and I've already prepped it. And it has to do with the fact that a lot of people think these are the end times. I don't. I lay out reasons why, but I do think it's the great deception, which is a prelude for the end times. So I would encourage you to look at that and uh, feel free to respond. Uh, Certainly, my word is not dogma by any means, and my interpretation of what Scripture says is not necessarily the final word. I don't pretend that it is. But uh, I'm glad everybody is here with us. And we have... (laughs) Some amazing revelations. And this has only come out in one other place today. You know, Paul Preston uh, of Agenda 21 Radio and also, too, he's the president of the New California Movement. He and I are very good friends. And he has the number one digital radio show in America. So I text him a lot of stuff that I'm doing, and he does the same with me. And we've been doing this for years and years. And so I sent him this, and he was like, holy cow, can you come on the show for a while? And so this is the only other place I've discussed it. And I have to tell you, my organization is going to be tied to notes because this information's pretty voluminous and it's still new to me, but I double sourced it. So everything I'm going to give to you here is absolutely verifiable. In fact, you can even do this because I did this. You can go to your, oh, I don't want to say this here with my phone. You know, your major biggest search engine, I don't want to say it because it'll turn my phone on. It'll start talking to me. But if you go to it and you say, hey, blank, uh, and ask it a question about the topics I'm giving you, you will come up with the same things I found in print, and then they provide the print for you. And I, I'm going to say, thank you, G-O-O-G-L-E. That's very nice of you. You made my work double confirmed, and I appreciate that. But it's really, really good to be with all of you. I, I so look forward to these times, and I'm sorry I had to go a little bit early, but my time frame was a little tight, and we're having trouble with the water system here, and we got someone coming out, and it's just, yeah, it's just been, it's been a mess. And so, anyway, I just want to make sure that you don't forget to watch what's coming up at 7:30 
here uh, Pacific time in 1030 on the East Coast with regard to the great deception is what we're entering into with the Israeli Hamas war, not the end times. Although I don't want to believe the end times are upon us, but it's pretty darn close. So I want want you to look at that and please give me your feedback and, and please don't take it as dogmatic stuff. I don't force my views down anyone's throat. Now, um, let me tell you how all this started. I know for a fact that most of Congress has stocks in uh, the military-industrial complex. And I know that the longer this war goes on, the more money they make. No wonder they're not in a hurry to get a speaker. (laughs) Just really. Exactly. They don't have to start talking peace while they're making money. Wow. Um, Save these end times questions for that uh, piece that is coming up, okay? Uh, And I want to remind everybody, too, and I want to digress for a second. Um, I think it's really important that we observe protocols on here. No threats of violence, no racism, no calling out religions. Okay. Even if they're acting in an extreme manner in some cases, no, don't do that. Don't get me in trouble with YouTube. Um, so pointed out to me, some people said some things that weren't appropriate. So we need to watch that. So please, please watch your P's and Q's there. Um, so anyway, here's the deal. The military-industrial complex. And I watched a quote from Robert Kennedy recently, and he was talking about his assassinated uncle, JFK. And he said, yeah, the military-industrial complex, blah, 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 blah. He stopped just short and said, that's who killed my father. Now, he's already said it before. And Tucker Carlson has said it. And he said, he did say this, though. He said, the CIA's main job is to go out and create wars for the military-industrial complex. That's what RFK said. That's what Tucker Carlson said. And this is what most of us who do this work for any length of time believe to be true. But listen to me. If you come on my TV show at the TV, I've had CIA types on there, and they're good people. They're good people. There's the good people who work in an agency like the FBI, the CIA, And then there's the people who work for the bad guys. And they're the ones who cause all the problems. Okay, Annie, I'm going to try to add you. And I don't know if I can do this as a moderator. Um, (laughs) Let's see, Annie, if I can do that here. Um, I'll see if I can. Here we go. So, Annie, what we said here is... um, we don't want people to make racially, religious, also threats of violence. So, you know, all the usual standard protocols of civility, which most people observe. So anyway, what I found on the defense industry was pretty interesting stuff. And RFK's comment really motivated me to look even harder. Now, you got Congress who should they should all be out. If they're taking military stock money, out. They're making money on killing people. And the military-industrial complex is where my research started. But, folks, we're going to go way beyond the military-industrial complex. I've already worked my way up to begin with the U.N., but I won't be able to complete that tonight because I haven't completed that part of the research. But you're going to learn a whole lot about who's really running this country. You're going to see the overlaps. You're going to see the agendas. And sometimes when I give you some of this stuff, I can tell you Paul Preston's reaction today was like, holy crap. 
And I could see the look on his face. It was a visual interview. And, and I could see his face. And I could see some of the things I said. He knew. Some of the things, he goes, well, I could kind of understand that, yeah. And some of the things were like, whoa. And it's all sourced. And you can go research it yourself. And you won't find one thing in here that you can't find on yourself. All right. So the military-industrial complex, it, it, it's kind of like the medical model. You know, we need to keep having sick patients so we can keep making money. We can't have too many empty hospital beds. Um, and so that every industry works the same way. We need repeat customers with uh, walk-in fast food, right? And if they don't come back, then our clientele is not going to be very big and we won't make money. Well, the same thing is true. The business of the military-industrial complex is to make the weapons of war, and they care less how it's used. And it's really organized in two ways. There's... Um, um, the direct sales that our government allows, but overseas. So let's say that Lockheed Martin wants to sell cruise missiles, for example, to Saudi Arabia. They, the government will overlook it and they'll okay, or they'll say yay or nay. They very rarely ever say nay, very rarely. And then there's the foreign services agreement. And this is where the government goes and buys um, weapons of war from the contractors. Now, like Lockheed Martin, uh, Raytheon, Northrop Grumman, and they take those weapons and then the government sells them on the open market to whoever they want to sell them to. Now, that sounds all well and good, but you got to remember this administration with Joe Biden, they're totally out of control with the military industrial complex. This really opened my eyes, and this is just a minor revelation compared to what's coming. But what opened my eyes is what a warmonger the Biden administration is. They're, they're, they're terrible. They have no respect for loss of life. They don't care about exacerbating wars. And we know really, too, they want to start World War III. I think there's no question about that. In fact, the starting of World War III goes back to the first Ukraine conflict. And Putin was pretty measured in his response. He took Crimea, but he could have started launching nukes. And then, of course, we tried to start the war in Syria and, and bring Russia into it. That didn't work. So Obama was 0 for 2. Now we had this third deal in Ukraine, right? This new war in Ukraine that Putin has not uh, taken the, the bait. And he has just said, no, we're not going to have a nuclear war over this. But this latest, and as I have told you, well, the Wall Street Journal, remember I told you about this, came out and they think they're the CIA. Well, Iran had a hand in the attack by Hamas on Israel. How'd they know? Are they part of the CIA now? Come on, give me a break. They had they were told to say that, and they published the dang story for psyop reasons down the road. And eventually, this war will spread spread to Iran. That's the goal. And when Iran gets in trouble militarily, Russia comes to the rescue. And here's why: Russia has handled the sanctions from the United States by going brick, the gold backed currency. The ruble is now digital gold. They need Iranian oil to make the BRICS nations work. They need to control this oil. Iran, believe it or not, is more stable government than Venezuela. They don't want to have to rely on Venezuela. That's really unstable. So the minute that uh, Iran's um, oil facilities are threatened, Russia's coming in. But here's the problem. I don't believe, and a lot of the military people I talk to, we do not believe that Russia has the conventional military necessary to come in and oppose Israel and the United States. They're going to use nukes. And my feeling is they'll probably use tactical nukes. And what did Lindsey Graham say? Talk about a warmonger. 
I mean, how do you people in South Carolina vote for such a cretin? He all he says is every hostage they kill, we take out a, a oil refinery. Okay, let's just say let's just launch the nukes today, Lindsay. Um, what a complete and utter moron that man is. Um, and, and he still gets so much time on the disinformation network we call Fox News. Okay, so a little bit of background there about the military-industrial complex. But here's the thing about Biden's administration. Oh, we're protecting democracy. Actually, they've defined democracy as uh, people who agree with them and people who don't agree with them are a threat to democracy. The first people, Trump people, you have heard, haven't you, that the FBI has announced, well, they didn't announce it. It leaked out, and uh, Merrick Garland was asked, is it true that uh, FBI agents are supposed to go to 100,000 Trump homes and uh, question them about their beliefs and their threat to America? He wouldn't answer the question. It's true. It's true. And that's the country we live in now. But anyway, I digress. Let's go back to this. The, the Biden administration, it's democratic nations, and it's dictatorships, okay? Well, shouldn't you only sell weapons of war to democratic nations and not dictatorships? Isn't that what you'd presume to be true? Well, that's not what's happening. Um, last year, in 2022, we sold arms um, to, by the way, this came from The Intercept, and I've seen this on the net now today, now three times since I've I went on Paul's show this morning. Uh, one source had 88 nations. I have 84. But uh, 84 nations, and 57% of them were dictatorships. Thank you, Joe Biden. 80, uh, 57% dictatorships. Um, and then there's a category they call the various. And so... I didn't really understand this initially, so I called my best military source. I said, what the hell does this mean? He goes, look, dummy, they don't want to tell you who they're selling to. And I said, well, what do you mean? He said, they could be selling this stuff to the Chinese. He said, they might even be selling on on the spot market to to Russia. Are you kidding? He goes, oh, no, come on, Dave. You know they supply both sides of a conflict. I said, well, that's true. We have historical precedent for that. So he said, that's probably what we're looking at. Well, then this is where my research kicked in, and this is where the stuff is going to come out that you have not. I would be shocked if any of you have ever seen this before. Here we go. Who are the major contributors to Raytheon? Lockheed Martin and Northrop Grumman, the three biggest defense contractors in the world, And I wanted to know who was behind them to see if I could find a pattern. Number one for Raytheon is Vanguard. Number two is State Street. Number three is BlackRock. Number four is J.P. Morgan. I'll cover who owns them a little later. It'll make a lot of sense. Okay. And then Microsoft has a role. uh, General Electric, which is the biggest owner. Six corporations own 98% of the media. GE is number one in that regard. And they're big with Raytheon. Okay. Um, now, what's interesting is I should stop here for a second and explain the incestuous relationship between BlackRock, Vanguard, and State Street. And uh, I'll bring this back to Maui, too. <laughs> this has a huge Maui implication. Um 
Okay, Vanguard. They're they're uh, two biggest investors. We at the Common Sense Show have a great TV show. We bring in a panel of experts and help people navigate the uncharted waters that we're living in. Because what once was coming is no longer coming. It's already here, and we're getting you the help so you can make better decisions for your future. You can find us at the Common Sense Show TV, commercial free, censorship free. And we're getting five-star ratings on the world's major platforms. Again, check us out today at thecommonsenseshow.tv. Every knowledgeable person knows that when you have gold, you've protected your wealth. But what if the government one day wanted to confiscate your gold so they can gain total control, knowing that one day the smoke will clear and gold will be perfectly available, and that's happened all throughout history. So what you need to do is, in the interim, Hide your gold. You can do that by burying it. You can go down about 12 inches, and that's all you're going to need to do. And we have a product that we call BarryYourGold.com. And what it does is it goes into a container. You lower it in the ground with a hole you've dug up to 12 inches. It's a 50-year warranty on the device. It only weighs 17 pounds to pull it out of the ground. And you can keep it for safekeeping. And I'll tell you, this is the way to hide your gold. Not in false walls but underground will be very, very difficult to detect. To find out more, go to BarryYourGold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee. Did you know that the World Economic Forum now, they in the last meeting they convened, they actually had a water board there with water experts, and they tell us our water is in danger and they have to take control of our water. Does that bother anybody? I'm sure it does. And I begin thinking right now about water safety. And we already know there's lead in the water, chemicals in the water. A lot of it's not safe to drink. But we have the answer for you. It's called the Alexa Pure Pro Water Filter. It's the best there is. And scientifically, they leave nothing to doubt as they publish their research at waterwithdave.com. And it's my choice for water filtration. Gravity powered. It reduces 206 contaminants. It targets heavy metals, fluoride, chlorine, and viruses. It is the best there is in the business. And you can read all the research on this simply by going to water with dave.com that's water with dave.com save eighty dollars for a short time investors are blackrock and state street well, wait a minute they're three separate co- yeah exactly but listen to this blackrock their two biggest investors are vanguard and state street and what's interesting about vanguard i've mentioned this before this i have known before because i tried to find out who owned blackrock and who makes the decisions i think larry fink makes a lot of decisions but i don't think he's the ultimate decider because he's not the shareholders the shareholders could vote him out but we don't know who the shareholders are and you go well dave isn't that illegal no not if you're privately held blackrock's publicly held state street publicly held Vanguard is privately held, so we don't get to know who their shareholders are that pull BlackRock strings. This is very interesting. Okay, continuing with this. Um, (laughs) This is State Street. You probably already are ahead of me on this. The biggest investors for State Street are BlackRock and Vanguard. Now, you'll see different names like Vanguard Investments, Vanguard Equity, Van. okay, Vanguard Part B, okay, but it's still Vanguard, okay? So I don't split the hairs that far. BlackRock, Vanguard, State Street. 
in other words, if you're talking one, you're talking the other two. Would you agree? And BlackRock is number one. They control 70% of the United States GDP, 10% of the world's GDP. And when you add in BlackRock and State Street, it's 90% of our gross domestic product is not necessarily owned, but controlled by those three corporations. Now, we don't know what all three together do with the world. We're not sure about that. Okay, so I wanted you to understand that relationship between Vanguard, State Street, and BlackRock. There's no difference between the three. When you say one, you're talking the other two. Okay, let's go to Lockheed Martin. Number one is State Street. And by the way, there's five major investors for uh, Lockheed Martin, and I'm only listing the three that are relevant because they keep popping up. State Street's one, Vanguard is two, BlackRock is three. Surprise, surprise, right? And I'm going somewhere with these revelations, too. I'm establishing an evidentiary pattern so that we can form some conclusions. So just stay with me on this. Northrop Grumman, State Street, Vanguard, BlackRock, and interesting, Bank of America. I have an account of Bank of America I've had since they opened in Arizona. We've kind of diminished it because I don't like doing business with them. They're arrogant. And I remember I took out $1,500 for a relative once to buy a used car. What do you want the money for? I said, excuse me, this isn't $9,999 that would trigger a cash transaction report and a suspicious activity report, a SAR, to go to the IRS. I said, you don't need to know. It's none of your damn business. Branch manager was called over. Well, sir, we have a right to ask. No, you don't have a right to ask. Well, you know we can hang on to your money. Bing, I didn't know that at the time. That's where I learned about Dodd-Frank. You've heard me talk about gold, right? And you should be getting involved in gold. So, again, go to DaveHodgesGold.com and you'll get everything you need there, okay? I'll send you a free information packet. I didn't know this. And I thought, what do you mean you own my money? This is when I got busy and I said, I need to find a precious metals company that I trust, And so I started searching and went through a bunch of them. And there's a couple of really good ones out there I liked. But I settled on Noble Gold because they're the best there is. That's why I've been a customer for five years. And like I said, DaveHodgesGold.com. I did not know that. I bet a lot of you don't know that either. When you put your money in the bank, you're actually declared to be an unsecured creditor. (laughs) <laughs> means you're screwed. You just gave your money away, and the only reason they let you take it out is because they want you to keep putting more in. But when push comes to shove and they got their back against the wall, what the hell do you think they're going to do? Oh, thank you for the donation. Hey, my kid needs braces. Have a nice life. It's going to be your 1929 movement if you leave your money in the bank. I'm serious. So Bank of America is an investor in Northrop Grumman. Okay, so we'll go on, and I found more. By the way, we're going to have to do another one of these because there's a whole lot of things i got to research now. Um, okay, so since B of A is a player in this, I wanted to find out who owns them. Okay, who are their major investors? Well, number one was Berkshire Hathaway. Okay, and their investment firm, they look like a little mini BlackRock, really. And so I said, well, I don't know much about them. Let me go investigate them. Who are the major investors for Berkshire Hathaway that owns B of A or controls B of A? 
Warren Buffett, Charlie Munger. Oh, and it wouldn't be it wouldn't be ownership if one of those three weren't in there. Vanguard. So Warren Buffett, Charles Munger. You know what's interesting too? Charles Munger, I saw a quote from him the other day. So here he's in this crew, right? This New World Order crew. And he doesn't like Fink, the CEO for BlackRock. He said, yeah, I know he's been successful. I just don't want him as the world emperor. I thought that was really an interesting insult. Okay, Vanguard, involved in Berkshire Hathaway. So back to B of A, Berkshire Hathaway, Vanguard, BlackRock. That's who controls B of A. Are you beginning to see a pattern here? But it still gets better. Okay, um, so I thought, well, gosh, what about Wells Fargo? Hey, they're one of the big guys. Vanguard, BlackRock, State Street, one, two, and three. Oh, gee, do you think possibly Citibank could be the same way? <laughs> well, yes, they were. Vanguard, BlackRock, and Berkshire Hathaway. Well, what about J.P. Morgan Chase? Oh, Vanguard, BlackRock. <laughs> I mean, let's talk about how war gets set up, right? The banks give you the funding. They loan the money on credit. This is how credit works. And in just a minute, you'll see when I bring in ESG, you'll go, you'll have a holy crap moment. And when you realize why ESG is out there, uh, because it ties right into this. So the banks distribute the funds on a loan basis. R&D, product development, product research, whatever they're doing. And they're funding this, knowing eventually the taxpayers will pay for it. There'll be a profit. The banks will make their money plus some nice interest, right? Okay. And now what happens in a war? Well, you build up one side and you build up the other. This is classic. The Rothschilds did it forever. The Rockefellers learned that art. That's what got us into World War I. Actually, the first time this ever happened was uh, Thomas Jefferson failed to control industries in the United States, and they were trading with the French and the British who were at war with each other, and the British started kidnapping our sailors and putting them in the British Navy. So you're not going to supply our enemies. And we go to war with Britain in the War of 1812 and almost lost our country. Trading with both sides is not good, and it got us involved in a war in World War I. German submarines started sinking our ships, going to Britain. Britain would just seize our ships, take the cargo, and release the crew. So we decided, well, we'll go to war with Germany. Okay, and this is after Roosevelt, or no, excuse me, Wilson, who brought in the Federal Reserve and the graduated income tax after he said he would never do those things. And I'll never send young men to fight on the battlefields of Europe. Well, he did exactly that after he got reelected. Of course, he couldn't do it before he got elected because he wouldn't have got elected. So anyway, he gets us involved in a bad war, and it's trading with both sides. This is what banks do. So banks make money on that. Now listen to this. Oh, this is a current event you've heard me talk about. Who says they're going to do the cleanup in Ukraine? Any guesses? Any guesses here? (laughs) It's BlackRock. They just announced it like, who the hell are you? Are, are you the emperor of the world? Well, maybe Charlie Munger's right. Larry Fink's getting there. But they say that they're, and this is what the banks do. So they make money on the buildup, the maintenance of the war with the weapons, and then the cleanup. 
And, you know, we just paid off the Spanish-American War about 20 years ago. We're still working on World War One. That's a hell of a business if you can get it. Can you imagine a business that pays residuals for over 100 years? You don't even get that in the music industry. But they get it. <laughs> there, there's no expiration to what they get. The copyrights may expire in music and literature, but they sure don't when it comes to war. The war industries run this country. Now we're starting to open up. We're seeing some light here, and I think you're beginning to see the pattern. Um, okay, so I took a big stab after this. I said, okay, I get it. I get it. The banks, the defense industry, they just can't have enough wars. I mean, let's look at post-World War II, right? Um, and I'll tell you exactly what Robert F. Kennedy said, and I'll stop right where he stopped because I don't want to make anyone in authority mad at me. Actually, I don't care, but here's the deal. When John Kennedy became president, they wanted him to invade Cuba. He said, hell with you. And he fired the head of the CIA and the deputy director of the CIA over his their deception. Then they wanted him in Laos and Cambodia, and then later Vietnam. No, and we already had the combat advisors there, courtesy of Dwight Eisenhower, had already warned us about the military-industrial complex. And uh, Kennedy said one time, well, how many of our soldiers have been killed there? 75, too many, bring them home. And after he gave that order, a month later, he was dead. We'll stop right there. Um, okay, I took a big leap here. I wanted to go find out, could we find a similar pattern with the World Economic Forum? Now, I'm working on the UN. That's not done yet. But I did find Bill Melinda Gates are the number one private investors in the UN to the tune of a, over a quarter of a billion dollars, 276 to be exact, Qu- quarter of a million, excuse me. I mean, no, quarter of a billion. I was right the first time. All right. Now, here's what I found. The major private donators to the World Economic Forum. Now, here they try to hide it. This other stuff, I could have found this in the ninth grade. I think I had the research skills in the ninth grade to find this then. This other stuff, I had to go one extra level. might have been the tenth grade I could have found this. Okay, the World Economic Forum. Reliance Industries. Now, I didn't bother to go look and see what they did. I didn't really care. I just wanted to know who the players were, and I said, I never heard of them. So I'll run through the names on the base level, and then I'll tell you what I did to find out who was really behind it. Then there was uh, Saudi Saudi Basic Industries. Then there was Siemens. Then there was Uber Technologies. You're like, bring me an Uber. I was kind of shocked at that one. Verizon, not shocked at that at all. Zurich Insurance Organization, and they have their hands on everything, as I found out. And then there was Yara International. Okay, and I'm thinking, okay, well, gee, this doesn't seem to be the same repeating pattern we found in the bank industry and we found in the the defense contractors. We should actually call them the offense contractors because we start wars so they can make money. So let's call them the offense contractors, shall we? The military industrial complex. Okay, so I went a level deeper and I said, okay, well, who has the controlling interest in Reliance Industries? Care to guess who I found? (laughs) This is great. Vanguard. And I thought, when I first found this one, I said, I know how this story is going to end. Okay, so then I went to, um, 
<laughs> Saudi basic industries. And I had to go through two levels to find this. Aramco is the major owner or investor for Saudi basic industries, sponsor of the World Economic Forum trying to enslave us and make us eat bugs. Okay. So, okay. But so then I had to find out, well, who's behind Aramco? Vanguard. <laughs> so I had to go two levels deep on that one. Took me probably an extra 30 seconds. And then I went to Siemens. Vanguard. State Street. Okay, we're not done. Uber Tech. BlackRock. Vanguard. J.P. Morgan. And I said, oh, J.P. Morgan. That's right. Vanguard and BlackRock are the two major investors in J.P. Morgan. Oh, this makes sense now. And um, State Street was also in there, too. Okay, Verizon was BlackRock and Vanguard. Zurich Industries was BlackRock, Vanguard. Um, And then there was Yara International. A lot of things from Norway. Uh, I was kind of surprised. Some diversification from Norway. And I think Norwegian government's involved, but I couldn't tell at a superficial glance. I didn't didn't have time because I'd already sent Paul the <laughs> the text, and I said, "You don't believe what I found." And he says, "You got to come on in ten minutes." So I didn't have time to finish this part, but I did find with Yara Industries. I didn't really narrow it down for was it Norwegian government or was it Norwegian industry? And I think it might have been a combination of both. Uh, and I'll know tomorrow. But State Street was a huge one in URI Industries. So I want to just say this, okay? So we talk about the military-industrial complex that Eisenhower warned us about. Remember, he gave one of the most important speeches in American history. Beware of the military-industrial complex. It's The Common Sense Show is proud to be able to bring you some very special deals for MyPillow. For example, they've got half off MyPillow bed sheets, more than half off their slippers, their sandals, their mattresses, their topper covers, women's lingerie. They have extremely great products, as you all know. Ladies and gentlemen, right now go to MyPillow.com backslash Hodges. Use the coupon code Hodges to take advantage of these great opportunities. MyPillow.com backslash Hodges, coupon code Hodges. Influence is unwarranted, meaning it's not constitutional. It's not. It's not. They break every antitrust action that we have. Okay. And then he said their and, and their uh, influence is unprecedented. We've never been a nation of standing armies, but we have a standing army forever since World War II. Well, part of it might have been necessary because of the Cold War. But the reason we really have a standing army is because we're always looking for the next war to get into. Do you remember the Carlisle Group? Weapons of mass destruction. <laughs> yeah, right. I talked about Charles Goyette yesterday, uh, how he got 86 out as being the top broadcaster in Phoenix, turned a loser radio station into a great winner. And uh, they just said, no, you're not on board. It was Clear Channel, George Soros, by the way. Um, and and so I went through this whole progression this morning, and I'm not done. We're going to do the UN. I'm going to do the uh, pharmaceuticals. I'm going to do other big industry. I want to see if it's complete. But don't you kind of already know what I'm going to find? Couldn't you write the end of this? Okay, someone just asked a question, and I know I'm going fast. So I get it. Because if this were classroom stuff, we would have an overhead, you know, or actually now a smart screen. And and I would show it would pop up here like on a PowerPoint presentation and you'd see it. And you'd be taking notes. So I get, I get it if I go too fast. And my fault, 
So let me back up. Who owns Vanguard? Vanguard used to be public. They went private. And I'm telling you, the reason they went private is because their shareholders don't have to be identified. Who makes the major decisions in a privately held corporation? Shareholders. We know who the Vanguard officers are, but that's not who really owns the company. I'm sure they have stock benefits, but they're not going to be the major shareholders. You can't do both. SEC won't allow that. So when you take a look at Vanguard, they're mystery people. But remember, Vanguard owns the controlling interest in BlackRock, who controls 70% of the United States GDP. Well, if you want to keep the secret on who these people really are beyond Larry Fink, they're doing it the right way. Have a privately held company have the controlling interest in a publicly held uh, company that controls 70% of the GDP. So we don't know who the major shareholders are because they don't have to reveal it. I think that's a big flaw with the SEC, but it's intentional. Come on, Gary Gensler just got caught in expert testimony in Congress last week. And, And what was said was, well, Secretary Gensler of the Treasury, of the uh, SEC, he helped uh, Sam Bankman-Fried with FTX go after his biggest competitor, Binance, and they charged Binance with crimes. And meanwhile, they had to know FTX was dirty. Why did they do that? Because FTX was paying the Democrats $40 million for the 2022 election and about $10 million to the rhinos like Mitch McConnell. <laughs> That's our government, folks. Gary Gensler should be in prison. But you know what? You've got an attorney general who got caught with sending FBI agents out to harass Trump supporters, putting Owen Schroyer in prison for saying death to tyrants. Um, And by the way, he starts his uh, sentence on the 24th. And I'm going to have a lot to say on that in the 23rd. Talk about a corrupt judge. 22 years was given to uh, Enrique Tario. And you know what he did? Nothing. He protected the Capitol Police. They even said so. They got him for what he said on tweets or radio interviews. And what he said was just fine. He was just fine. He didn't like the elections. He didn't like the judges. Uh, Isn't that politically protected free speech? We don't have any. So Mr. Gensler will never see a day of jail. He'll never be impeached. We're going through a phony investigation right now in Congress with Joe Biden. Tell me, tell me how we're not already charging him. Exactly. It's a criminal enterprise. And what you can conclude from this is this, ladies and gentlemen. The United States government is a criminal enterprise that's been captured by the corporations. And the minute that they let corporations make campaign donations and then bring in insider trading to lock Congress into their wars, and so they'll never bring an end to the war. Okay, now let's talk about Maui. Someone accused me yesterday of ditching Maui. Well, that's not true. I'm interviewing Samantha Starkey. We're going to set a time up. She's over there now. There's some things going on. It's just not as fast and furious as it was before. But I told you I would not leave this behind. And I'm not done with it. I just wish the people of Lahaina could have found good representation to start issuing lawsuits based on indigenous property rights of the native Hawaiians. And they have civil rights protections that 
rest of American citizens don't have, and for good reason. They had their land stolen from them. So uh, King Kamehameha did not make the best deals for his people, but he wasn't a legal expert. We can't hold him accountable for that. He didn't know how the system worked. He got screwed in the same way the Hawaiian people got screwed. And it is colonialism there. It truly is. Now, do I think we can pay reparations? No, because no one that's alive today had anything to do with it. You can't punish someone, deprive them of property, okay, and and their money unless they have committed a crime. And you don't inherit criminal activity. Let's talk about Maui for a second. Okay, the plan to turn Lahaina into a smart city run by the wealthy was in play long before the fire. And I'm not even going to the origin. I'm not going to go to that discussion because I don't need to. The governor was at the UN in January after he got inaugurated. And he said, oh, yeah, we're all committed to Agenda 2030 and, and smart cities concepts. It's on tape. I played it on YouTube. Okay, He went back and doubled down a couple of weeks before the fire. And then he made a proclamation, which was illegal. This is why they should be going to court in Lahaina. I don't know why they're not. Um, I'll find out when I, I think I'll know more when I talk to Samantha Starkey. She said she's got some good information. She texted me right before I came on here today. You know, Farmyard Starkey. Yeah, that lady. Oh, she's terrific. If you don't follow her, you should. That woman is no BS, former teacher, knows how to organize her thoughts. She's really good. But she told me there's some things that um, she wants to talk to me about that we're going to do an interview. And um, we'll hopefully be able to play it here. If not, we'll put it over on Rumble. Um, I don't see why we can't. Okay. The proclamation said this. Oh, you're protected. You're a historical site, Lahaina. Unless there's a natural disaster, why should that change anything? What does that have to do with being a historical site? You could be a damaged historical site that will rebuild, right? Okay, that's not what the goal was. Jeff Bezos, the day after, the day after the fire, I want to give $100 million and we're going to build a smart city where Lahaina was. Talk about stupid statements. Just point the finger at yourself. Say, hey, we, we were ready for this. We wanted this to happen. So there are 2,500 families now displaced. Now, who's going to move in? Well, one would assume the bank is going to repossess. Uh, there's a forbearance coming, and I've explained this once before, but very quickly. What the bank could have done, First Bank of Hawaii, which major investor is BlackRock. Number two is Vanguard. of the stock, respectively. Um, What we know is that they didn't really give these people much of a grace period. They gave them 90 days, but it's a forbearance, which means on or about November 8th, for most of these people, they have to come up with the last three months of payments are going to foreclosure, and they got to pay interest too. Uh, If it had been a delay in payment, They could have started as if they missed no payment, only their date would have been 90 days from the date of the agreement. They didn't do them any favors. And it's not surprising because BlackRock is going to benefit. Let me go a step further. The major developer in the United States, number one, is Keller Williams. And they're obviously in Hawaii. 
and they're going to be a huge player in Lahaina. And so what we know happened there was BlackRock and Vanguard are the two major investors there. They're going to make a hell of a lot of money on that beachfront property in that beautiful area. How many of you walked down Front Street, gone to Safeway, walked down to the beach, walked back up to Safeway, get some cheese and wine and go back down to the beach? It's such, it was such a gorgeous area. And my wife and I have so many fond memories. We went there as newlyweds. And when she was a corporate executive for uh, McDonald's, they used to send us out there um, pretty often. And we just had great times there. It breaks my heart what's happened to these people and what's happened to that beautiful community. And BlackRock is set there ready to expose, uh, expound on their advantage. But let's go to another part of this. This is where it all ties together. See, this is where this research ties right in, makes it all believable. Maui County sued Hawaii Electric immediately, and I've covered this before. About less than 10 days in, I think the lawsuit was filed. You didn't turn off the power, and you caused the fire to get bad. Not true. They turned it off almost immediately when the storm and the winds came. Six hours before the fire reached Lahaina. And we have video, and I played it on YouTube, that showed Hawaii electric workers in Lahaina walking up to live power lines. Wait a minute, they're not live, they're nothing. They used equipment to pick it up, but they couldn't have done that if they were live. Hawaii Electric's telling the truth. They turned the power off. The case against them is weak, but see, BlackRock is their major investor at 8.5%. I think Vanguard comes in at 2 and I don't remember the percentage, 4 or 5%. Now, here's the deal. A crooked judge, and they're all over America now. We see it every day, Donald Trump. And a crooked judge is going to take this lawsuit by Maui County. And when the people in Lahaina eventually start suing, he's going to enjoin those lawsuits. And then they're going to be an out-of-court settlement because the case is weak against Hawaii Electric. And BlackRock's willing to take that hit to pay a small out-of-court settlement for pennies on the dollar for what the citizens of Lahaina lost. And then they'll be locked into a non-disclosure, which is typical in an out-of-court settlement like this involving liability. And then Hawaii Electric will say, well, we don't admit any wrongdoing. And they can't come out. The people can't come out. And they can't come on my show. They can't go on anyone's show. They can't write editorials. They can't talk about it. Or they'll forfeit their money and pay a penalty. That's how these things work. This is why, and I don't know why they haven't acted on it. I have a little frustration. I told some of the Hawaiian elders who are great people. I just said, hey, look, guys, you have indigenous property rights because of your status as Hawaiian Native Islanders that you can draw upon and sue in federal court where no judge can enjoin that lawsuit with a state lawsuit. And I think you guys all see the difference. It's a different level of court. And that lawsuit would proceed and you'd have discovery. Oh, and some of the things I found out would come out in court. See, this is BlackRock and Vanguard and how they screwed the people of Lahaina. And they can say, well, Hodges, you can't make that assumption. That's my interpretation because they're involved at every step of this process. Now, why didn't Congress help the people of Lahaina? Have you ever asked yourself that? Why didn't Congress step up and give a shit about what happened with all those people dead and the death count keeps dropping? 
We won't get into all those reasons why about a duplicitous police chief. We won't get into that now. I've done it before. But why wouldn't Congress come in and offer an aid package? Tulsi Gabbard said $5 billion to rebuild. And this is right before good old Smokin' Brandon sent off the $6 billion to Iran that were probably used to kill Israeli citizens. Isn't that interesting? So I look at this, and I just said, why wouldn't Congress do something? Well, they did do something. The Commerce Committee started an investigation. They called Hawaii Electric and said, yeah, we saw a truck blocking one of the exits. Why were you there? And why did you not turn the power? Well, we did turn the power off. That, well, that's not what the lawsuit says. Well, how about we go to court first? That's how the discussion went. Um, they were Congress actually took a role in covering up for the perpetrators trying to steal this land. Instead of rendering aid, and people wonder, well, Dave, why do you want to do toss them all? I think I just told you. Not to mention, they can't even pick a Speaker of the House. These jackasses in Congress are voting for guys like McCarthy, who's not running, Scalise, who withdrew, and then people I never heard of, some bozo in some county position, Got a vote today, too. I mean, these people are jackasses. They can't even get a whole body to agree on a speaker. And meanwhile, we're in a war. It's about ready to get real serious as we send 2,000 troops over there. And we can't even get a speaker of the House so we can do anything. And people say, Dave, why do you want to do toss them all? Maui and this bullcrap. And then the insider trading and the profiteering off people getting murdered in wars. That's why. These people have no moral compunction. They could give a crap about you and me. I don't care what they say every two years when they run for office. You don't freaking matter. And they need to be gone. And I'm really rethinking whether I'll have an exception list. I think Representative Loon is there. Marjorie Taylor Greene owns defense stock. I think at some point, I mean, I'll be honest with you, and I know you'd say this too. If they came to you and said, hey, you want to make money? Well, what's it for? Well, we're going to kill a lot of people in the Middle East. She can make money on it. What would you say? I think you'd say no. And hell no. But that's not what Congress does. I told you this would be eye-opening. And you now have this on tape. You can go investigate everything I said. Just get one of your devices, right? You know, your Google Nest or whatever you might have. And just say, hey, I can't say it because, like I said, the phone will come on. And then ask it a question. Who owns the controlling interest in, okay? And you'll get like five or six listed. And usually two of the top three or the three will all be there in the top five or six. And you'll say, gee, Dave wasn't BSing here. He was telling the truth. What do you think? What do you think, ladies and gentlemen? By the way, don't forget to check out our presentation on uh, how I don't think these are the end times coming up. I think they're close, but I think this war in the Middle East will give us the great deception. And uh, I explained a little bit about it. And um, Jamie Walden, who's just a terrific interview, uh, we're going to air our interview on our TV show where we discuss this in detail. We spent about 15 minutes on it. 
And I wanted to put that out here so you guys had a chance to look at it and decide what you think. You know, what you believe about your biblical beliefs, your spiritual beliefs, that's up to you. I just wanted to pose a question to get you to try to reflect so we can all work on getting our spiritual house in order. Because I think we're going to have some really dark days. And I'm hoping tonight will make you realize that the people that run this country, they could care less about you. They want to enslave you. Have you live in mud huts, smart cities, 15-minute cities, eat bugs, not drive a car, not go five miles from home. Your kids will grow up to be little plebes. They'll be serfs. They'll be serfs on the feudal manor. And those are the ones that they let stick around. So anyway, that's all I have for you tonight. Um, but I told you this would be eye-opening. And I know it was a lot to digest, but you can go back and replay it. You can take notes and go check it out. And if you find I'm an error in anything, please come back and, and tell me, and I'll research it, and I'll be happy to correct it. But I'm telling you, I'm sure that 99% of the stuff is accurate. Although, <laughs> I got a knock on the head. 2.30, wake up, Dave. I don't wake up at 2.30. Usually I'm up at 5.00. Something woke me up at 2.30. One of the dogs, they didn't need to go out. I got up, went to the bathroom, and they were looking at me like, what are you doing? And I started to go to work. And I was just looking at the defense contractors in Congress, and it led to all this. And all of a sudden, too, Maui started making a lot of sense to me. You need to plan to survive outside the system. I think we'll probably have to have some future shows if we have time, because I think things could unfold very quickly, but we need to have some shows about, you know, what are our options? Yeah. I said this yesterday, if I was 25 years old, I'd leave America. You're staying one step ahead of the burning bridge, but isn't that the idea when you're trying to survive, right? A boxer is getting pummeled, you know, it runs to the open ring, doesn't get trapped in the corner. He stays on the move. Well, the same thing is true for people that are being pursued. And some of you are in categories and classes that will be pursued. Christian persecution is at an all-time high in this world. And how much of it do you hear in the mainstream media? Zippo. Well, anyway, i got to run. I want to thank you for joining us. God bless all of you. And uh, let me know what you think. Leave me comments.